name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Have you ever come to a sudden realization about something? The idea, the memory, that piece of the puzzle you keep searching for and can't seem to find? There's that moment when everything seems to fall into place. And everything just seems to make sense. An epiphany is that illuminating discovery, that realization, that disclosure. The season of epiphany begins this weekend with epiphany proper. The three kings telling Herod and the leaders in the kingdom about the coming of the Messiah. Happening, I don't know, two years, 18 months after his birth, we don't know exactly. But imagine this, you're one of the leaders of Judea. God's people and foreign experts have to come and tell you that the Messiah is here. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, but even before the Messiah was born, God had to remind mankind who he was. And in the beginning, he was the creator of everything. Not just parts of things. Not just some things. He didn't just bring humanity into being like some beings or gods claimed they did. No, he was the creator of all. It goes on to say, The earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep while the wind from God swept over the waters. We have this poetic view of the beginning, that the earth is covered wholly in water, and that a wind, a breath, a spirit from God, all those three are the same word in Hebrew, that God is causing the water to move, and then light is created. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening and there was morning of the first day. Now created to illuminate creation, to bring the light of God, to show the beauty and majesty of this created earth. In the 20th century, and even in the 19th, the greatest challenge that faith seemed to encounter was humanity beginning to understand the world, the universe, all of creation, better than we ever had before. And we thought, because we understood it, how it was composed, any number of facts and figures and factors, we began to think we didn't need God anymore. And the church sometimes went to weird places trying to defend God's honor, to explain how heaven and earth were made, trying at times to treat scripture as a scientific textbook. The important thing to remember here is what God is saying. He's the creator. Without him, we would not be existent. The God made humanity, the plants, the animals, everything. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As the psalmist says, Ascribe to the Lord, you gods. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. When we are trying to understand, when we are looking for whom we thank for the beauty of creation, it is the Lord. David here may be talking to the heavenly being when he says, you gods. He may be talking to the gods of the people who lived around him, saying for them to ascribe to the Lord everything that is his due as creator of the universe. Might be calling them out of it. But he says this, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. And the Lord is upon the mighty waters. And when David starts talking about the power of God's word, he starts with imagery calling to mind the very beginning. His breath, his spirit was upon the waters. But David goes on to talk about how God's voice, his word, can break the tallest and most majestic trees. How it can make the ground skip and shake. How it can cause a great purifying fire to come forth. God's voice, his word created everything. It is powerful. In the temple of the Lord, all are crying glory. 
And all we can do in response is worship the God who has done these things. The Lord who sits enthroned above the flood. The Lord who sits enthroned as king forevermore. Now the flood here seems to be representing of the power of the physical world. You know how powerful a flood can be. We've seen what it's done in our community in the last few years. And he's enthroned as a king as well. David here is reminding God's people not to ascribe strength and glory to other forces at work in the world, whether supernatural or natural or even human. The Lord your right, shall give his strength to his people. The Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace. And David reminds God's people that the same God who created everything, who's above everything, that's the one who strengthens us and promises us the blessings of peace. Hold on to this idea of God's voice for just one moment. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now I know we read part of this just a couple of weeks ago. John here appears in all four Gospels. Mark and John's Gospel, after talking a bit about Jesus, jumps straight to John the Baptist and his ministry. And John already had that revelation, that epiphany, that understanding of who Jesus was. Why? Because when people asked him, are you the Messiah? John, if not, why are you here? He says this, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and tie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. One of the experiences of Jesus' life that happens in all four Gospels is what John says about Jesus. And what happens next? Because it says this. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the river Jordan. Now Mark here is a pretty straightforward accounting of what happened. Jesus came and was baptized by John in the river. And it says this. And as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. Imagine you're there that day. Person after person is being baptized in the Jordan by John. Suddenly, someone's baptized and everything's changed. Things happen in the heavens. A dove seems to come down and a voice comes from heaven saying, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The voice of the Lord is a powerful voice. The voice of the Lord is a voice of splendor. Was there ever a more beautiful, was there ever a more splendid declaration on this earth that when the Lord's voice proclaimed this, that the Son of God was here on earth, the Messiah has been identified. Here's Christ the Lord. The revelation of his coming will change everything. Paul writes this, or Luke rather writes this. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. Now, Apollos was a great preacher who'd, been about Jesus, who'd heard about Jesus from John the Baptist according to the, the previous chapter. But he'd not heard of the baptism of the Spirit. That's the impact that voice from heaven had. That someone who heard it, or someone who heard about it, would start to proclaim who Jesus was. So we read in the previous chapter that Paul's companions, Priscilla and Aquila, pulled aside and explain to him more fully about who Jesus was and about the baptism by the Holy Ghost. 
And he's brought more fully into God's family. And he has an epiphany. He becomes even closer to Jesus. And here, sometime later, Paul finds some disciples. And when he starts talking to them, he, he thought they were Christians, but he asked them some questions, and questions we don't really seem to get anywhere else. After some discussion, he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? And their response is much like that of Apollos. What are you talking about? We've not heard about any baptism in the Spirit. But it turns out they've been baptized by or in John's name. But unlike Apollos, who Luke said was taught everything and taught about Jesus accurately, we don't know what these disciples knew and what they didn't know. Some they think they were disciples of John the Baptist who maybe hadn't even heard about Jesus. They live here in Ephesus, which is a good, good bit. It's in modern-day Turkey. It's a long travel from there back to Jerusalem. Or maybe they heard about Jesus being the Messiah when they were baptized by John. But about his ministry, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, about Pentecost, they didn't know. But once these things were explained, they asked. And Paul did this. It says, Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. Now, this is a couple of times in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit is sent and comes down like he did on the day of Pentecost with tongues and prophecies. It happened at Cornelius' house when the first Gentiles joined the family of God. Now, why here? I really don't have any idea. But I do know this. The Spirit of God, His voice and His breath, was now in their hearts and in their lives. Jesus came into this world, and during Epiphany, we read and we listen about the many different ways that people had their Epiphany, that Jesus was the Christ. The wise men see the star and come to give gifts to the new king. They tell Herod, who has a different plan in mind for this king, Today we read about how John baptized Jesus and how that baptism had a rippling effect in people eventually seeing Jesus for who he was 15 or 20 years later. Think about that. 15 or 20 years go by and there are people who affirm that Jesus is the Messiah without knowing the full story, without having all the gifts of God that he promised to give his people. And today we remember that Christ our King was baptized and that baptism would begin, a time, would begin a time of trial and then his ministry. And we are here to continue that. We have the Paschal Candlelit. We have blessed water in the font. We do that so we remember the vows we made in our own baptisms. The vows we made to continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of the bread and in the prayers, to persevere, to persevere resisting evil, and whether we fall into sin, repent in returning to the Lord, to proclaim by word and example the good news of God and Christ, to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbors as ourselves, striving for justice and peace among all people, and respect and dignity for every human being, by showing God's love into the world, so that those who have not yet had that epiphany of who Jesus is can meet him. Amen.